Welcome to episode 18 of the Unfortunate Diehards podcast. As you may be able to see or hear, uh, we are in a bit of a different setup. I am in an Airbnb in Montreal, uh, and Suvi and Omar are still in Ottawa. Um, so say hello, boys. Hashtag Ryan DeZingle, by the way. <laughs> it's always a sense player. I hate Ottawa. <laughs> Hey guys, it's Omar. It's Sufi. It's Evan. And welcome um, to the podcast. Uh, yeah, welcome back. Um, we have uh, a stack game for you guys. We have a huge announcement that if you want to stick around uh, for later in the episode, we will preview something that should be coming in the next episodes. Um, we also have a head-to-head as always, and we will go over what we've been up to and what's been happening in the NHL. So, Sufi. What's been up with you, buddy? Uh, any any Capitals wins? You know, Sufi's a Cavs <laughs> fan. I'm a Sens fan and Omar's a Leafs fan. So, you know, like, uh, what's been up with you in general? Well, I mean, I'll talk about the Caps in a, in a bit. But uh, this uh, Wednesday, we're going to see a Shah Rukh Khan movie. It's uh, apparently going to be a very big spectacle and everything and he's very excited i'm just going because i'm oh mom. yeah yeah it's a whole thing but i've been on like because of that i've been on a little bit of well not because of that because of other reasons that i won't specify i am on a binge of uh watching bollywood movies and uh it's been pretty entertaining very dramatic but i like the songs yeah omar what movies have you seen uh uh uh, kabhi kushi kabhi gum. Yeah. Um, kuch kuch hai. Um, kabhi alvida na kena. Bringing back the brown in Sufi. Still love the white. <laughs> yeah. What have you been up to? What have I been up to? Um, not much to be honest. It's been a, it's been a little bit of a quiet week. Yeah, we had our ball hockey game. Yeah. Yeah, I got injured in that as well. I actually did get injured in that as well as two. Yes. You get injured every week, though. Yeah, it's true. I mean, how about you? How's your Evan probably has the most to tell us because he's traveling uh he's traveling the Canadian borders. Yeah, so fun. <laughs> I am. I was in Quebec City earlier this week. That's actually um, we had a couple uh, events there. Um, for Bauer Hockey, I do the first shift program. So, if any of you have kids, um, Bauer Hockey Canada and the NHL slash NHLPA uh, host a lot of events across Canada called the first shift. Um, we get to host events for children between the ages of six and ten, uh, with some exceptions, um, and give them head to toe gear with six on ice sessions for an affordable price. And like to introduce kids to a uh, positive and fun environment. Uh, regarding hockey and uh, so yeah so this time I'm in Quebec slash Ontario so I got to go to Quebec City I was there last time and very nice city went and looked at the uh, Chateau Frontenac um, and there was a huge slide there so we got tickets and went down this big slide on the mountain which is great um, and I've been in Montreal for the past couple of days so um, went on a nice long walk today and uh, went to a Laval Rockets game, and Laval won. It, they, I think this, it's like ten thousand seats or something. It was so loud, and everyone was going nuts for all these. Like it, it was awesome. So yeah, 
been a pretty good trip so far. I'll be hitting up uh, Ottawa and Kingston and Toronto soon. So uh might be back for the next podcast at Omar's house, but we'll see. But yeah, been good. Sponsor us, Bauer. <laughs> hint, hint, Bauer. Hint, hint. All right. Well, Evan, how are the your uh, how are your sons doing? Not well. Um, <laughs> really, not well. Actually, the sons struggle still to score five on five. And I think I brought this this up before, like the Nashville uh, coach. He was talking about how like they really get scramble plays, but have no like kind of set plays. There's no structure, um, and it is so very true. Like the only structure they have is on the power play, and so it's you know we don't have depth scoring. Uh, we're not scoring five on five. Our defense aren't. Big enough, good enough, and then goaltending's been shaky. Um, so I I don't know what to say. And then Norris came back finally, scores a goal, and then hurts his shoulder again on a nothing play. So he probably shouldn't have even returned. So he's getting surgery now. So for the Sens, like realistically this season, I don't even know if I want a coaching change now. You may as well just let it ride and hope for a high pick. And uh, you know, you, you hopefully change some things up you get call up some young guys Ridley Gregg just got called up he should be playing in the next game uh you run those guys you know have good seasons out of Stutzel, Giroux, Kachuk, uh, Batherson, Shabbat, Pinto and hopefully DeBrinkett stays and extends if not then I guess you'd trade him for a lot maybe a defenseman and some because he's such a big asset and uh yeah, it's not looking good in Sens land. We may be sellers again, but um, as long as we play somewhat competitive hockey, I guess that's what matters. But um, really hoping for a push next year or else I'm going to, I don't even know. Like uh, I've been a diehard fan for like over a decade now and I'm like almost becoming disinterested because it's like, so painful to watch in a way like i power plays fun like great like we have exciting players which is awesome but they like lack of structure and i feel like you can't even blame it on necessarily <clears throat> like players all the time or even like lack of effort per se it's like constantly getting scored on the same ways like it's people left open in the slot it's getting out muscled in the corner and it's like I don't know if it's the like strength and conditioning, it's the whatever, like just kind of at a loss for words at this point. Like um, I've had so few playoff runs in the like 10 to 12 years of or being like a diehard Sens fan. And the, the one that we did was like a miraculous kind of run. And, uh, yeah, just quite frustrated with the Sens right now. But we can talk about a more competitive team if you guys <laughs> would like. Yeah, the Sens are the Sens. Their five-on-five five struggles continue, and I think they're not going to improve. I don't think we see DJ Smith back next season. If we do, I'd be shocked. We knew that someone else needs to get fired. Yeah, yeah essentially. Yeah. Um, because five-on-five five play speaks for itself. And uh, yeah, blame the players to an extent, but coaching is a huge part of it. 
Um, okay, let's talk about the Washington Capitals. Sufi, how's the team doing? Like, honestly, since we lost film, it's been pretty average. We went around like a West Coast swing here. Um, we did lose two big games in uh, Vegas and uh, Colorado. Wait, no, just Vegas. We only played twice? Huh. I don't know. Uh, but Vegas and because we're playing Colorado tomorrow. So, like, that could be a bounce back. But, again, it's just the lines, man. Like, we, we're not going to win with friggin' Nicholas Albay Cubell on the first line and Kuznetsov with Hathaway on the fourth line. As much as I love Hathaway, that's just not a great combination. Um, but that's why I, like I, someone put a thing on Twitter of like, uh, would you bring Laviolette in the back next season or whatever? My biggest thing was he's really good when our half our players are injured and then we just go on like a run of like a lot of wins when that is the case. Um, but when our guys are back, he just refuses to like make the lines normal again. And then just keeps them like everyone's still injured. Um, it's really weird. Uh, Ovechkin was injured last game. So, or he was injured. Uh, he had he had a maintenance day at a morning skate. And then he just didn't play the um, the game that night against Vegas. Uh, and that actually helped Mantha get back into the lineup. Um, but we lost that game pretty badly. And then, I don't know. I think he was practicing today. So... He might be back. I'm just kind of hoping that it's not like he doesn't go to the All-Star game because of this because actually like it's the only reason I'd watch is to see him back in there because he's actually got a personality unlike half the players in the NHL. So, um, but yeah, I mean, Kemper has been good still. He got a, his league-leading fifth shutout against Arizona. Um, and... and uh, Honestly, standings-wise, we're pretty much in the exact same place as last time, too. So there's not much to update, like, with how, like, we are in the playoff picture and stuff. Because it doesn't seem there was much movement below us or ahead of us either. So, because, honestly, since we last talked, like, Ottawa, Detroit, and Buffalo have kind of fallen off the radar here. And it's pretty much just between Pittsburgh, uh, Washington, Islanders, and the Devils for the last two spots in the wild card and the last spot in the Metro. And then can you believe well, the devils had a 13 game win streak. Now they're like a wild card team. Yeah. But they, they've been better of late. Yeah. Like, and then, and, and honestly, the other team that's like slightly been better and like kind of getting back into the conversation is Florida. Um, but we'll see where that goes. I don't know. I think, I guess Florida is still in the conversation with uh, like Pittsburgh, Washington Islanders. Uh, but yeah, there's not much to change on that spot. I do hope we trade for like a a defenseman at the deadline. Saitsev? Um, no, no. We're not talking about defenseman. More of a cost efficient defenseman. Oh, Nick Holden? No. Um, there's something better that we already have, and like Hamannik. Nah, nah. Honestly, it's more more of like a depth thing. So like, honestly, any one of those guys, if they want to come and like you guys retain like half the salary, even though they don't make it that much anyway. We'll take them. Uh, it's just to make sure that Matt Irwin doesn't play that many games going forward. Uh, but when, once Carlson's back, I think like our defense will be back to what it is, what it was before, and it should be fine. It's just we have a lot of depth in forward ranks and not much in defensive way of things. So I do think Mantha or Eller, one of them, will be traded, maybe both. So we'll see what happens to the deadline. Quickly before we move on to the Leafs, actually, you brought up uh, the All Star game. Um, so the picks had been released, the extra picks, and I wanted to know your opinions on uh, whether you're listening or 
you know, Sufi Nomar as well. Um, the whole picking of certain all-stars because some people are having better seasons, but it seems like they may have gone for some big names like Nylander's having a phenomenal year, but wasn't picked over two other forwards for uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, another thing being like uh, someone I know had brought up, they should do the draft again because it's more interactive. There's more personality. Um, and it's, you know, like still the all-star game. All the same players are very similar. Players are still going to be there. Um, so what are your thoughts on if they should change it, keep it the same? Want to know something funny? So, you know, the whole popularity thing that people were talking about Matthews and that's why he's there. Um, it was very evident. So, you know how right now they kind of just do like pick at least one person from each team. Um, so Jay Fresh did a fan vote on Twitter on Twitter, like just pick whoever you think actually should be all-stars. And Nylander still wasn't on that list, like on a pure fan vote. It was Marner and Matthews yeah. that made it in the Atlantic. It's, the it's always gonna be the pub. I mean, I mean it's it's the thing with the all-star game is that it's I mean, the entire sport is for fans, yes, but this is this event is for the fans. And they want to see the big names, right? Yeah, Nylander's having a phenomenal year, and it'll be cool for him to make the All-Star game, but he's nowhere close to a name as Matthews. Um, and he's not even, you know, he's not even at the same level as Marner in terms of, you know, a name. So, like, people who are paying tickets for an All-Star game, they're going to want to see someone um, with the big name. So I, I, I get why. I mean, there's someone that's better than all three of them this year, and he didn't make the team. So, And it's pretty much just because he's a defenseman. Rasmus Dudley. I'm pretty sure he has more points than all three of them. Yeah, there you go. And, so, and he's way better. I mean, he's good defensively. So, like, big, uh, big... Nylander has 56 points. Okay. Yeah. He's Wait, did he just, is that adding what he, he had? Four tonight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. before the game today, it was tied with him and Dali then, because Dali has 52. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nylander's an amazing season. I love watching him this season. Like I love it. And the I mean, I've always like, liked him, but like this season, I love with the him. with the fan vote to get the last two in. It was like there was no way that Matthews wasn't going to be fan voted in, and then Pasternak was just like Pasternak should have already been there. It was just Allmark's having an insane season. So I don't know. Nylander kind of the writing was on the wall, and same with Dalin, I guess. But yeah, I think I, I do think though the draft would be fun, like especially if they're trying to go for like a more entertaining league. Like I, I think it was. Evander Kane talked about like boring people are the people that get a lot of the attention in hockey. And yeah, I get it. Like Crosby, McDavid, when you're such a big name, maybe being a little chill, but that's kind of why I love like spitting checklets. You get like to hear different stories and perspectives of different guys and like hear them shoot the poo a little bit trying to monetize, you know, Um, you know, it's nice hearing those sorts of things, but you know, people like even like, Brady Kachuk like at least if he's flossing with a kid in Calgary it's something like you know you you want a little bit of like pizzazz out of like some players like in the NBA I think yeah there's a, a lot more personality but there's a lot more media and stuff as well like um I've heard people say like hockey players are some of the funniest athletes they've ever had and really good like storytellers but you never really hear about it which sucks so um, you know, podcasts like, you know, Spin Chickens or even ours, hopefully one day, like you can hear some of these stories that um, don't get told and then, you know, make the sport a better, like more fun kind of environment. And 
you know, I think bringing back that draft would kind of create those moments, like not picking Castle to last. It's like a, a running <laughs> like joke. Yeah. So like things like that, it, it's it's fun for everyone. So, and they, maybe they could even make captains like the goofy guys, like Nick Felino that one year or whatever. Like, you know, he's a guy that like doesn't care as much, like pretty charismatic. So it'd be fun. Uh, we should get um, Josh Norris on the podcast now because he's not going to be doing anything anyway. So I'll send him a message. Yeah, he's going to be chilling. Yeah, Omar is he really shooting big. So. Pretty sure he like uh, was DMing with, and by DMing with, I mean begging like Mbappe to come on for some reason. Oh my goodness. Making, like the biggest superstars in the world. Like Taylor Swift, I think as well, was one of them. Marion Hosa read the message, just saying. Okay, let's talk about my Leafs. Trash. Okay, so stack him. <laughs> um, oh, wait, so before you say anything, Leafs suck. Okay, go. Yeah, I had a feeling it would be something like that. I was going to say something else, but I'll wait till after. Um, so the uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs, it's been, uh, it's been an interesting couple of weeks because a couple of leafy things have happened in the last couple of weeks. And when I say I think the Leafs fans will know what I mean when I say leafy. Um, but two games in particular I want to point out. So I'll talk about the uh, Toronto-Boston, which happened, um, um, you know, uh, Saturday a week ago. And then you know, this most recent Saturday was the Montreal Canadiens. So two losses. Loss. Oh, damn. Okay. So I'll talk about those two games. Because those two games happened, I think, in more of... Um, so we look at the the Boston game. It's a 3-3 tie going into the last, uh, or the last minute or last minute and a half or so of the game. It's a that th- Grizzlick, baby. Yeah, it's a 3-3 tie. We're thinking it's going to be an overtime game and then, you know, a point shot, uh, an error getting out of the zone. I believe it was a Tavares giveaway and um, a shot that, you know, we can argue back and forth on whether Murray should have had that or not. But, you know, I think it should have been a save. But regardless... He sucks. So. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, a point shot beats him um, and that's game. So, you know, a, 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 a game where Leafs had a lead, I believe, once... Um, they fought back to tie it, but again, just that last laugh. Boston gets that last laugh again. It's kind of just that, you know, the very leafy thing that happens again. And you don't want to see. You want to see a bit more structure, a bit more, um, a bit more. Um, I guess safe play. Um, when it comes to the last minute of a game, um, especially against an opponent like Boston. So that was a disappointing one to not even get a point out of because just how good the game was. Like it was a great game for anyone that watched the game. It's a really good game to watch. Um and the Montreal game uh was a very, you know, a very leafy game the other day just because you know first period it was like what four shots Montreal had four shots the entire period it was not even close it was domination by the Leafs um two nothing easy and it was looking like it was going to be an easy night in general we had a almost a three nothing lead going into the third into the second like within I think the last thirty seconds or so Kerfoot had. I believe it was Kerfoot. Matthews found him right in front. He tipped, he got it on his stick and he hit the post. So it could have been 3 nothing going into the second period. But anyway, it just looked like it was going to be an all-Leafs night. And then second period, it was all Montreal. Um, I believe they tied the game just before the, before the third. Third period, again, I think it shifted back towards the Leafs, but then there were no goals and then another overtime loss. So again, just not finding a full consistent 60 minutes to against a team, especially like Montreal, no Cole Caulfield. I was going to say that. Yeah, no Cole Caulfield, big players injured, uh, should have, you know, that first period is how the whole game should have been. But again, I think it's one of those instances where they, they're they like, oh, hey, this is going pretty easy at intermission. And then they take their 
full off the gas a bit, and there you go, Montreal finds um uh, takes advantage of it, and it uh, and it turns up and ends up in a point gone. So. You know, a couple, you know, they just were coming off a win right now, just an hour ago, less than an hour ago against uh, Islanders 5-2. So good to be back on the win in the win column. But uh, yeah, that's a couple of leafy things happened in the last week, which uh, which I didn't like seeing. So here's my thing, right? I think, so there's two things. First, I'll give a little positive thing. I didn't expect either of the goalies to like take the reins kind of thing. But I think it is very evident that like, for the last like month or two, Murray is sucking. Samsonov is not. Samsonov, yeah. And Samsonov has had like few stretches here and there that were like not as good. But Where he like throws his stick into the stand or something. He does that every game, even if he's doing good. So it's not even. <laughs> that's just a part of his game at this point. I think we've expected accepted it. So at least there's that. Like you have a goalie that's like he he's he's your starter. Right now, as of right now, he is a starter, yeah. But, I mean, he might not get treated like that because Murray's older or whatever and experienced, whatever, whatever. But at least, like, someone's playing good. Yeah. Uh, so my thing is why I think that a team like Boston is more successful in the playoffs and a team like Toronto isn't is just based on, like, what they're built on. So you look at Boston's goaltending, right? Out of this world, both goalies are really good. All Mark is the best goalie by far out of any of those four, right? Boston's defense in terms of defensive players, they're built around Bergeron, Marchand, and McAvoy. Pasenak is the f- cute little thing that they have that just scores a shit ton of goals. Yeah. Sorry, bleep that. Um, but that's the Leafs just have like four players that are like Pasenak. Boston has that one player, and then they have Bergeron, Marchand, and McAvoy who provide offense, but their defense is out of this world, and they, like, shut everything down. And, like, scoring depth-wise, neither team is, like, deep in terms of that. Like, I don't even think Boston has that many players in their bottom six that are, like, contributing to offense or anything like that. It's kind of similar to Toronto. Um, but I guess they have, I like, would disagree. Who do like, they have in the bottom six? They have Nick Foligno. They have Paolo Zaka. They have uh, Greer, who has a weird amount of goals. Like Trent Frederick has like over ten. I feel like they have like three okay, or four guys that are like that. Honestly, that just adds to my point because like then, then like for me, that's that's that just proves why they have like five freaking losses that year. Like if you like, you are definitely right about that. Now Jude that Ottawa, saying. by the way. Okay, no, <laughs> you are definitely right about that when you're saying uh, that they do have better depth scoring. And like, thing is. I think Toronto, if you even if you look at their last season's bottom six to this year's bottom six, it's it's significantly worse. But on top of that, my point is that like a team like Boston, the reason that they get far in the playoffs pretty much every year is because their three core pieces are really good defensive players. And the offense that they provide is kind of just a bonus. On top of that, you add a guy like Pasternak, and that's just what makes them from like a really good team to a great team. Because past yeah, well, you also like, had uh, Taylor Hall. <laughs> yeah, Taylor, Taylor, Taylor Hall isn't even playing that good. Like, yeah, like, he's, he's not, like, but he's still there. And, and you still yeah. also have David Krejci, who's point per game at like thirty-eight or whatever he is. Like, exactly. But they they have people who can is, score like, on so many lines. And the thing is, like, those players aren't like they're not making like crazy amounts of money. Like, I think Bergeron's making like five this year. I think his like he's making book, two and a half. No, his two and a, but the, he's like the two. Uh, he has he's getting two point five more based on like. 
performance, uh, right? Which he's obviously going to hit. I think his I think the performance bonus was him playing like ten games or something like that. So that's already like none. And then Marshawn's making like six and a half, and McAvoy is playing like a guy that could be making fourteen million, but he's making nine and a half. Uh, Pasternak for this year's lower. Yeah, she's on a million dollars. Hall's on like. Six, yeah, and Toronto's never going to have that luxury, I guess, because they have no. to like they have to overplay players, maybe. And like the players that they did have are like really flashy, high offensive superstars that kind of just like you have to pay them more money to like keep them on your team. Like, I imagine that Boston's going to have to play Pasternak, like Mass, uh, Matthews, Martyr type money just to keep them. Yeah, he's going to be like an 11 million dollar player. Yeah. yeah, my thing is that even if they lose Pasternak, they're still going to be a really good team and they can just use that money to like allocate it to scoring somewhere else. Like yeah, it, it's always going to hurt, but they'll still survive. Yeah. I mean, so like, yeah, you, you can, you com- uh, you can compare Toronto or Boston in that, in that, in that light. Sure. But like, I mean, in, in if you ask me this season, you, there's no team you can compare Boston to really um, because they're just, they're also playing insane. They're just insanely, yeah. they're just, there's that they're at another level this year compared to any team right now. So, um, it's like there's there's no argument on who the best team in the league is right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, Toronto's got to move it with these four guys, and that's what Dubis is is riding on. So we'll see. But you're, and that's the thing. Like you're kind of just like throwing the same thing at the the wall and hoping it, it works. It is the same thing at the wall, and this season is a bit more concerning. Um, not because we're not. I I believe our season has been going great actually, but um. Um, just our goaltending is a huge issue going into the playoffs. Like we have, you know, we're winning our games and we're getting some, we're getting some decent stretches out of Murray. We're getting some decent stretches out of Samsonov. Then we're getting weak stretches out of both of them. And but you know, we've been above water. We've been floating with them. Um, and been able to win games and they've been providing us adequate goaltending yeah. as a duo for the season so far. But when it's also because Keith's a good coach, and it's also because Keith's a good coach. Yes, but um, you know, it's it's just, it's a different ball game in the playoffs, and I just. Uh, I I I can't I can't help but think that they got to be you know the back office has got to be sitting there thinking like can we really legitimately go into the playoffs with this good of a team right now with this goaltending like can we yeah it's been fine but can we risk another first round exit and it be a goalie's fault right now because the goalies we have it can very much just be a goalie both goalies. Or whichever goalie we choose to run with in the playoffs is just not doing it. Yeah, well, there's no, and they can't really do anything about that now. They can't do anything about it right now. I'm just wondering if they have yeah. something. They have something planned in terms of trade or anything like that. I don't know. I I don't even think goaltending is like a thing that they're looking at, right? Because like, yeah, that's what I mean. I, I mean, most of their trade rumors are based around like depth scoring and stuff like that. Yeah, because I mean, I don't. It's hard for me to see a Stanley Cup run with Samsonov in net. And it's also very hard for me to see a Stanley Cup run with Murray in net. And the only reason I have, um, I lean a bit more towards Murray in it, and I can see it a bit more with Murray is because he's been there before, like five, six years ago, with Pit, with with Pittsburgh. So he's he's done it then. So my I'm riding on the hope that hey, you know what? Maybe it's the the playoffs is when Murray livens up and he'll have a nice stretch in the playoffs where he'll just be instant. And there you go. That you know, last playoff run was very good. Whatever you know, <laughs> but, but you know, but I mean, you know, I'm it's um it's uncomfortable right now. 
And like I, I would say I wasn't like 100% comfortable going into the playoffs with Jack Campbell. Yeah, right. but You could have Boston's record right now and you wouldn't be comfortable going into the playoffs. I would never be comfortable. Yeah, right now it's like not. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But the goal, the goalie issue is, is, a, is, a, is a thing for me right now, yes. Because um, both goalies. Is, Boston, is goalie issue more of a concern than depth scoring though? It's well, this season it's more of a concern right now. Yes, um, it wasn't more of a concern like last season for me, but yeah, this this season right now it's more of a concern. I mean, both are concerns because even last season our depth scoring was really good, but in the playoffs it just went. Yeah, like, but that's my thing. Like now, yeah. you guys now the bottom six as well. Like there's a player in your bottom six that I like. I saw his name yesterday. I looked him up and I still can't remember him. McMahon. That one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, where the heck did he just come from? He was trade actually just uh, I believe a month ago, maybe a bit more or around that. Um, I can't remember who went the other way. I believe it was a trade. Um, was it a Curtis Gabriel trade? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember to be honest. It was bo- both names. Yeah, but yeah. again, and yeah. he might be the best player in the bottom six. Dang. No, I mean, um, like players having decent season in the bottom six. It's all right. It's not. It's not gonna like. The bottom six is going to be irrelevant in the playoffs. Is it though? That's that's been the problem in the playoffs. Because no, but no, that's but that's what I mean. I'm the, saying they're going to be irrelevant in terms of they're not going to they're not they're not going to. They need to provide the rest. Of the thing. They're not going to provide. I I mean I don't see them providing in the playoffs. But that, um, that's that's the inherent yeah. problem with having a core four that makes forty million dollars. Like last season, we had a bottom six. I think that did pretty well in the season. They had a, we had a good we had McKeev. Um, Angwa was having a good season in terms of uh, production. Um, uh, Andre Kasha was uh, playing really well. So we had a few guys who were like, hey, going into the playoffs with these guys. And they were going in hot too. Like Angwa was scoring going in. Kasha was playing well going in. Um, so we got, we had guys that were playing well going in. But I in, in the playoffs... I, 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 but now it's like even worse. Angwa, it's... it's uh, bottom six has taken... The depth has taken a hit. And uh, last year there was a dry up in the bottom six. And this year... I just don't know if uh, if they're gonna really produce. They have guys that are really good bottom six forwards, but the problem is that they're playing in the top six right now, like Cali Yonkrop. Cali Yonkrop, there you go. But he's also like their first line right winger right now. He's uh, yeah, second line. But yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He's so it's it's it's. I mean, it's choice. it's a it, this is um this story starts and ends with Matthews Marner Tavares Nylander. Um, oh, very well, yeah. And this and it's it's not even like. They're tr- they're trying to show that there is more there. It's it's very clear that this team is. We are these four guys, and these four guys, we trust to take us to the end. And they're gonna keep throwing them at us until one of them, until someone gets fired, or it actually does happen. Or they get traded. Or they get uh, uh, until until this core has its time, Bro. and until yeah. I think Dubis gets fired before they get. Traded. Or until Dubis, yeah, until Dubis gets fired, whatever. Like uh, Dubis is riding these four guys, and he's like, I, 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 I succeed or I die with these four guys. And yes, I, um, I just heard it. I just heard it. Um, in play. my opinion, if they don't make the playoffs this year, I could see them keeping a Matthews because he's so good defensively and such an elite goal scorer. I could see them keeping Nylander because he's. Did you say if they don't make the playoffs? I'm sorry, if they if they lose in the first round or something. Really um, and then I see them trading Marner and Tavares. Those would be the two I think they move. <clears throat> and the thing is, like, Marner is technically their best defensive forward, but because. Of how like how he contributes and stuff like that, but Matthews has had the roughest year defensively, and it, like I don't know if that's by virtue of him playing. He's also the face of freaking NHL. Oh, he's never he's never getting dealt. I'm not saying that, but like I'm saying, like for me, the fact that Marner is still playing good defensively 
being off his line versus Matthews now is playing with Nylander. I think it just makes sense why Matthews is playing not as good defensively. They're taking a lot more chances offensively, and maybe that's why like both of them are producing, but I don't know. The thing is, I do agree with you. I think I, I think Tavares would be the first to go, and then... I mean, yeah, he would have to. I think Nylander, too, because Nylander... What's that next contract looking like? Nylander... On 11, or it shouldn't be. I mean, Nylander had... I think, well, I mean, even before Tavares, Nylander would have to go. His contract right now is sweet with his production at the moment. It's tradable. So it's a very tradable contract right now, and it would have to go if, if it's another first round exit. Um, Tavares for Carlson? Just <laughs> trade two battles at the same time. Although Carlson's contract is actually looking good now, so not yeah. at all. I mean, age-wise, maybe not, but like the thing with the yeah, the first uh, upper, yeah. See the thing, but see, uh, the, you away with words. The thing, <laughs> so wordsmith. The thing with me right now, and I would say the thing with a lot of Leafs fans right now is that the quality of the team is not even a concern right now going into the playoffs because the quality of the team has never has it has proven that it's not why they're losing every year it's it's like you know they, they lost to Montreal after going up 3-1 when they were clearly the better team in every aspect apart from goalie if you want to still give price his due for that season whatever that's literally the only reason they won yeah, but no, I'm saying, but like, uh, yeah. So he was he was the only one there. But like, I mean, you know, that was it's it's if it, it feels more just like there's this like I don't know a curse or something like you just gotta lift it. Like every time we're just right there, and even like the Dallas like, Cowboys. Yeah, it's it's just not like against Tampa last year too. It wasn't like it never felt like oh this team's too good for us. Bells barely hanging in, right? Yeah. Like it was it was like no, we're right there. We're in game seven again. We're right there. And this is a team we can beat, but for some reason we just can't beat anyone. You know, whether it's Montreal, whether it's Tampa, whether it's Boston. So the quality, like the quality of the team we're facing, and the quality of the team that we are, the qual, the team, like this trade, that trade. I don't think people are worried about that as much. We're just like, let's just get over this hump, because it feels like a curse more than a logistic, um, you know, player move or something. That, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so one last thing I would like to say. Uh, and then we can move on to our stat game. Omar has a stat today. Is uh, so Brady Kachuk in the last game that they lost um, lost his mind a little bit. But in his defense, I think uh, he deserves to lose his mind a little bit. You know, he committed long term to this team, made a lot of big moves, and they're still mediocre. And so some people are saying like it was bad, whatever. I. I get it. Like, you know, you wanted to be on a competitive team for so long and you've never had a, a run at it, really. Um, and then also, Matthew Joseph got scratched when he was supposed to play his brother, brother, but he did play the next game against him. And they took high sticking penalties on each other at the exact same time. I've never seen that ever. And they were brothers. Like, that's hilarious. Yeah, that's wild. I don't know. The Kachuk thing, I didn't even see what happened. I didn't like, see what happened. What do you? Yeah, I'm, what do you mean losers? Like mind? apparently, just at the end of the game against uh, um, who did they play last? Winnipeg. Yeah, uh, he just like fought someone and got a misconduct and like was breaking stuff in the hallway and things. It's like, yeah, and he's a captain of the team of a, a team that should be better, like realistically. Like I'm not saying they're a playoff team, but they should be, like the Islanders or something. Like the Dard conversation. Yeah, I know. Exactly. So, um, just frustrating. Um, and 
which is why yeah. I'm still puzzled by both of your mid-season score grades for them. The Bs, still puzzled at that. I just had low expectations. I would say a B is as expected, which at the time, yeah, wow, it was about as what I expected. You had them in the playoffs. Obviously, they're gonna. They're not gonna. No, the, the, this is. I think we all, all agree. Even if now I, it's I, less, but the, like they they also haven't had this bad of a stretch. Like they the, the ones where they lost like a lot of games, they're at least like close games. They, this is like yeah, the, they lost like I think the, in the first like, like six two or something like that. Like yeah, they're like first twenty games. Let's say they won like three games or whatever it was. What was the score the other day against Winnipeg? It's like six five one. Oh boy. Yeah. Um. But yeah, they won like let's say three games of their first like sixteen or whatever. I think all but one or two were one goal losses. Sure. All right. So Omar has a stat picked out for us today. Hopefully, it's as complex as last time. And uh, shout out Brendan and Liam. Uh, you guys can play along. Uh, some of our friends uh, listen to uh, what we say and play along with us. If you want to pod- pause the podcast, guess yourself. Uh, guess with a friend feel absolutely free and omar you take it away all right so today's stat now you know we've done a lot of a few obscure ones um we've done one that made no sense courtesy me and the only obscure or weird one was you no no obscure ones meaning block shots um you know that's pretty obscure come on right yeah block it's like shots. goals or assists even we did it we did we also did a time on ice which is a pretty obscure one that was pretty difficult you know i would consider obscure like advanced stats Okay. I can count count yours as like not even a stat because we did we still don't know what the top ten was. Yeah, true. <laughs> Anywho, um, the stat that I have today, I and so just for anyone who hasn't listened to the previous games that we've played, we this is I think our fourth one we're doing with the stat game. So, um, for anyone that hasn't listened to the previous ones, as of yet, none of us have gotten the actual stat game right without without losing all of our strikes so it's been a failure every time so today's stat i think is a gettable stat it's not too difficult i don't think um there might be a couple of names in this stat that might be a bit difficult but i think you two know you're hockey enough to get it so um my stats gonna be in since the 2015-16 season who are the top 10 right wingers in goal scored since what season? Twenty fifteen. Like they've always been listed as a right wing. Twenty. They're currently listed as a right wing. The top ten right oh, wingers on, in goals. He's on NHL.com too. Uh, it's gonna be annoying. Top ten right wingers in goals. Twenty fifteen. Like in, including this season. Including yeah. this season so far, yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, like well, there's one for sure. That's Patrick. Yeah. Paul Mary. Patrick Kane, I think, is confident. I'm saying. That. I think Patrick Kane could be one. I think Pasternak <laughs> could be one. I think Marner could be one. Pasternak's first. I remember that. Uh, <laughs> do you think that Liney could be one? Potentially. Goudreau's I think we can left get wing. Goudreau's a left wing. I think we can say Kane, Pasternak pretty confidently. Okay. So Kane. Kane is with. 233 goals, number two. Oh, thank God. Okay, Pasternak. With 266 goals, number one. Yeah, okay. Damn, I actually got that right. Uh, Kucherov. Kucherov. With 226 goals, third. 
Okay, so we got the first three. <laughs> um, so we could say Marner next. I think line eight. Well, by the way, you have there. three strikes for this, by the way. Okay, three strikes. That's fair. So, so uh, line eight could be there. My Matthew thing. Kachuk is listed as a left wing. That's that was my concern because I like when I was doing my uh, uh, top wingers list, I couldn't decide on which side to put him on. Because on one side he had left, one side he had right. I can't remember what I had, what I had on this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, the ones we we know for, for for sure first. So the thing is, on Calgary, he was a right winger the entire year because Goudreau was left. Yeah. So we can save him for later. Okay. I think it's line. I, I don't know. I mean, Marner could probably be Marner one. and Confident, yeah. Marner, Mitch Marner. Are you going with Marner? We're going with Marner. Yes. Mitch Marner is not on there. From your Ottawa Senators, Alex Dabrinkit. Left winger. Oh, he's a right winger. He's listed as a left winger. Is he actually? Yeah. Nylander? Giroux played right wing. I think a little bit. The freaking position eligibility is going to piss me off because watch the break. Yeah, okay. Are these would these guys be guys we know as right wingers? All of them. As guys, you know, as right wingers. Like, are there some tricky ones? Ooh. There is one tricky one in here who you might know as a previous left winger and is currently a right winger. Yes, also, Miko Rantanen. Yeah. Ooh, Rantanen. Yes. Is that you going with it? Yeah. yeah. Miko Rantanen with 197 goals. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Is number four. Four at 197 goals. Wow. Oh, yeah, oh, one strike, by the way. Uh, Blake Wheeler, maybe. I mean, he's a lot of assists. But does Tarasenko? I don't know if he's played enough. Tarasenko's for sure a right winger. But is he played enough in the past? Yeah, like? yeah I think so. Because in that time span, he had like multiple late 30 goals in seasons. Uh, I would say so. If if the bar is like a 190 or something like that, like I would say so. This one can be on me. I say Tarasenko. Hey, Tarasenko. You going with Tarasenko? Sorry, number five. Oh. <laughs> I, I missed his name there. Sorry. <laughs> He's number five. He's number five. Omar's the worst at these games. With 196 goals, he's the... He's number five. Stone. He's one less than Miko Randon. Yeah, Bro, I told you that because there's in that time span, he had like three or four seasons where it was like late 30s and goals. Hmm. And Ranton didn't hey, start playing. I mean, time. I did think of him. Ranton's first like good season was 17, 18, I think, or something like that. So Stone could be one for sure. Wheeler could be one for sure. Stone Wheeler, I think, are probably going to be the same range. Was Pavelski a center or right winger? Ooh. Because that he would for sure be on some sort of list, but I don't know what he'd be listed as. See, on I Dallas, think of right winger. Yeah, I think Pavelski as like a center traditionally. But he, he hasn't played center in like a long time though. Because even on San Jose, he's he was on Thornton's wing. And then on Dallas, Rope Hintz plays center. Robertson's on the left. Pavelski's on the right. Kreider's a left winger. Pacioretty's a left winger. Gensel's a left winger. Gensel's left winger. Sebastianikov's a left winger. Phil Kessel? Kess could be there. But that was like... I saw Omar's head pop up too, and I said that. He was like, oh. 
he was on he was on Pittsburgh in 16 and 17 and those were his highest point producing seasons like it's just after that he didn't really do that much I feel like because he was smiling he could be like 11 or something like that I would say I would honestly be decently okay with saying like Blake Wheeler so we have who, who are the ones we have right now we have Wheeler so, so far, wait so which ones you've got or which ones you're thinking of you're thinking of Wheeler Pavelski Kachuk maybe maybe Line A. Line A. Oh, I feel like Line A's there. What wing is this guy on, bro? Okay, no, but think. He had a 40-goal season. I'm not, he I'm had another not couple concerned. 30. I'm not that's already 100. I'm not concerned with his goals. I'm concerned with his position and his injury status. So you think Wheeler's the safest one? For like Our last strike. For like five no, you have years. one strike, not two. You're, you're, you're oh, yeah, because you freaking can't read. Sorry, Tarasenko, Ter- yeah. Sorry. Oh, true. Okay, yeah. I, I mean, then you I used to want two strikes. I'd be okay with Wheeler. I'd be okay with Stone. Who do you think between those two? I'd say Wheeler. Wheeler? Is that a consensus? Am I are we putting that in? Yeah. All right, Blake Wheeler with 161 goals is number 15. 15? Number four. It's actually not that, like... Spread out. So second second strike, you got one strike left, and you got five players left to get. Why do I feel like TJ Oshie is going to be here? <laughs> no way. 160-somethings in the teens. Oh, Line A, I'm more sure of if the... If we answer. ask you a position of someone, can you tell us? Uh, just don't guess Line A, because I don't think they're using Line A as a right winger. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll leave your confusions out. I don't think Debrinkit is there. I think Debrinkit has been a left winger for a while. So I'm not going to tell you where Debrinkit is, but Debrinkit in this is in somewhere in like the top 50 here with as a right winger. I'm not telling you where yeah, he is. Then but... Alex Debrinkit is there. He's had two 41 goal seasons, a 39 goal season. If he's on there, then he's in the top 10. It's Alex Debrinkit. Yeah. Confirmed. Alex Debrinkit with 175 goals. Is number seven. Someone's six with like between that, like 175 to 195. Is anyone retired? Nope, these are all current players. I could okay. see Pavelski if he's as a right. Is winner. Pavelski on there somewhere? On the list? Yeah. Um, Pavelski, I do not see. I wouldn't guess it. Okay, so I guess he's a center on yeah. there. That's what I would have. Timo Myers, right wing. Meyer had. Has had two 30 goal seasons, so I, um, I, I wouldn't say so. Just throwing out people, okay? So, Stone Line A, Line A wasn't listed as uh, right winger, yeah. I would oh, sorry, Stone. We only have Stone right now. Help you, you've got number one, David Pasternak, number two, Patrick Kane, number three, Kucherov, number four, Rantanen, number five, Tarasenko, number seven, to bring kit. You're missing six, eight, nine, and ten. Stone over Besser. I think Stone's a good. Is Matt Duchesne listed as a right wing now? No, Matt Duchesne is not here. Oh no, yeah, no. Forsberg's uh, a left winger. Okay, who are you giving me? Stone. Let's just go Stone. That's all we have. That's like viable. Okay, Stone with one hundred and sixty-six goals, number twelve. Oh, <laughs> is he tied for ten? <laughs> no, he is not tied for ten. Number ten has one seventy-one. Ooh, that. Okay, let, let us just guess. Are we done now? Brock Besser. That's three strikes, yeah. Kessel. Phil Kessel oh. has, is at number 16. Okay. Oh, okay. 
I forgot I said him earlier. Okay. Uh, Brock Besser. Brock Besser is uh, not in the top 10. He's number 28. Is Nylander a left or right winger on this? Nylander is the right winger, but Nylander is not in the top 10. Nylander is... Is uh, is Elias Lindholmer, was he a right winger at one point? At one point, yeah, but he should be a center now. I think it's what they are now. Yeah, it's what they are now. Because Dabrinka would be a left winger otherwise. Mike Hoffman. Can we give you the names? No, no, no. We can do this. Bro, we need to... Throw names. Entertain's left wing. Um, O'Connor's left wing. Left wing. Nikolai Ehlers is a left wing, I think. Yeah. Um, Connor's a left wing. I said that. Keller. Thanks for saying it again. Oh, he's a left wing. Keller's right wing. Left wing. I don't know. He was playing on the right side when we played them in Arizona, but maybe he's I not. I think like someone like Jonathan Marcheseau or something. Ooh, Marcheseau. Marcheseau? Yeah. Number eight. Um, Jordan Eberle. Ebs? Ebs? No. Rock and soon, soon Kaprizov. Is Zuccarello left or right wing? He's left, I think. Then you be Zuccarello right. is 24th. Okay, was right. listed as right wing. Yeah. Who else even exists? Are some of them like kind of not good now? Can you give us. Okay. So uh, there's a couple. I mean, no, the number six one. Um, They're still good. You guys aren't thinking of him, but you should get him. Um, number Have we nine, said the names of the people that are left? Number six, you haven't said his name at all. You haven't even you haven't even uh, thought of him. And He's not retired. And number nine, you haven't even thought of him. I don't think you're gonna think of him because right now he ain't anywhere near. <laughs> Wayne Simmons. Wayne Simmons. No, Wayne Simmons is uh, not on there. Morachek. No. Wayne Simmons is twenty nine. No, not Morachek. Number number ten also. Um, it's a bit of a tough one. Okay, because some people like Jeff Skinner, for example, I think is a left wing. Oh, Tuck, Tiala, Dustin Brown. Dustin Brown. No, he's retired. Justin Williams. Alexander Seven. Anthony Duclair. Oh, Sam Reinhardt. Ooh. Oh, Ilya Kovalchuk. Uh, Andrew Ladd. Should I give them to you? Give us teams. Mm. Give us the teams. Give, no, 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 not teams. Give us a comp. Give us a division. Okay, let's for for number nine. You said uh, you not for number nine, but just for the number Don't nine. Don't make it too easy. Think around uh, Dustin Brown, who played around Dustin Brown for a long. Aaron Gaberick, Jeff Carter, Mike Richards. I don't know. Around him, like in the same team. Another decent, uh, another decently big LA Kings name. I said Justin Williams. No. Who no longer plays for the LA Kings? Uh, he's a right wing. He's a right wing. He spent a little bit of... Uh, if I give you this, it's going to be too easy. But should I just give it to you, the hint? Did he win a Stanley Cup with the LA Kings? He won a Stanley Cup with the LA Kings, yes. Who is this elite goal scorer? Like what? Was he very good with them? Well, he's on the top 10 in goal scored since 15-16. That's so no, no, but was he good with LA? He was good with LA. He probably had his best years in LA. Why should he not be LA? Yeah, it's not or, LA. It's someone else. <laughs> from Montreal for a little bit. After. He was he was playing Kovalchuk? for Montreal. He was playing for Montreal against Toronto in the in the series in that when the in the in the twenty twenty lockdown series he was on Montreal. Who the heck? Stall. Even though he didn't. That's play the only thing I think of. It's not even like a. It's an LA Kings name. Come on, guys. I I'm actually like. Montreal, Brendan. Oh, 
Oh, that I'm wrong. He didn't play for LA. I was gonna say Thomas Vanek. <laughs> He's also retired. Yeah, I know. Brendan Gallagher. Are you are you sure this guy played for LA? He played for the Los Angeles Kings from the 2013-14 season until the 2019-20 season. In 2019-20, he got traded to the Vancouver Canucks. And then in 2020-21, he was playing for Montreal. He is currently playing for the Calgary Flames. Oh. Elon Lucic or something? Like that. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, Tyler Toffoli. Tyler Toffoli. That's so random. <laughs> Super random. He's number nine. Okay. I would have never thought of Toffoli. I'm going to be honest. Like, Wouldn't have gotten him. He's like a 25 no, no, goal scorer. one season where he's like 35 goals or something like that. But it was one season. Um, like a bunch of late 20s, I guess. But 173 goals in Holy. 550 games since okay. 2015-16. Maybe because he's late 20s in goals and he's he doesn't get injured. Like, I guess. I guess. Okay, other guy, give us a division or like a conference. Okay, for number six, much Walton, much Walton, yeah. Okay, let's go through the teams. This is Pittsburgh. Six. This is number Pittsburgh. six. He's had 481 games played since 1516. He has 177 goals. He plays for a team in the um, in the uh, Central. Not in the Central, in, in the Metropolitan, sorry, in the Metropolitan, but, in, uh, but not in the top three. Okay. He plays for one of the bottom teams. That's so it's not even like Washington or Pittsburgh. No, it's not. Okay. Well, so more, I, you're I fired. Is it like Josh Bailey? No, he doesn't score ever. I know, but I don't know at this point. It was Tyler Foley, bro. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. But it's one of the bottom okay. bottom feeders of. Uh, okay. Oh, 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 wait, wait, wait. Boom, Columbus, Gustav Nyquist. Is it Gus? No. Oh. Bjorkstrand. Philly. Philly? Connect me. It is the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, Van Riemsdyk. Uh, connect me. Okay. Kevin Hayes. His last name starts with an A. I'll make you well. <laughs> a. A? A? Arvidsson? No, but the name sounds similar to that. Just different letters. And Arvidsson's in L.A., <laughs> Are you sure this guy flyer. plays for the Flyers? A. Who? Who is this guy? Axelson. Anderson. Anderson. And Reamsdyke. Let's end with a sin. An Asin? Who that bro? There's no way this is someone with this six. Is he is he on like IR or something? Okay. He's definitely not on the Flyers. Like I can't even like where else is he playing? <gasps> oh Cam Atkinson. Yes. Oh. He doesn't. Even, he didn't even play this year. He Frick. barely played this year. He's on Columbus too. Uh, before. <laughs> wow, like people Columbus are going to be yelling at us. And then tenth, just gonna... give us like a grist. number ten. Give me a big head for this. Him. Is my favorite one. Okay, number ten. Give me a team. He's in the Metro. Tom, Oshie. Tom Wilson. Oshie? It's Oshi. <laughs> it's so funny how he said it earlier in the game too, and, and Evan was like, no. He's number 10. He doesn't play. He doesn't play now, but he did play for like six straight years. It's just now that he gets hurt. Uh, that was it's like one. every five I thought, games. I thought you guys were going to fly through it. I thought maybe a couple of them, like Toffoli, 
and Atkinson would give you a bit of trouble, but you'd eventually get them. Atkinson, we should have got yeah. Loki. I think we should have got it. Atkinson. I thought he was gonna. I thought you were gonna jump on TJ Oshi. I was like, TJ Oshi's I did gonna say know. Oshi. Yeah, but you said it, but like you didn't fight for him, or you, or, and you said him pretty late. I was like, oh, Sufi's gonna know that TJ Oshi's the top ten for scoring. But that uh, is our uh, our stat game for today. Top ten in right winger goals since fifteen sixteen. Well, let's talk a little bit about the NHL in general. Um, so... big news. Yeah, screw the Vancouver Canucks management. And Bruce Boudreaux getting fired. Finally. Um, and Rick Talker getting hired. I feel bad for Boudreaux. Well, do you understand? Like, do you, did you see what happened with like all that? Um, I'm not. So yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the details are. Essentially, it got like leaked or something like a while ago because it it was basically a case that like Talker couldn't leave his contract or something for like two weeks. And that was the only reason that they hadn't fired Boudreaux yet. Boudreaux? Is that his, I, don't, I don't know why I just couldn't say his name. Um, but that's why they couldn't hire him yet. And then uh, the last like few games, you could tell that he knew that he was getting fired, but like no one really talked to him about it. It was kind of just like media-driven at that point, which is what Vancouver is like claiming innocence on, that they purely didn't have any intention of firing him until like yesterday even though everything happened exactly the way that the media was saying it was going to happen. It was like, it happened at the exact same time that Talkett's contract was over. It happened to be that Talkett was the one that got, that got hired. It was the exact game that uh, uh, Boudreaux was supposed to end. Everything happened in the exact same order that everyone was saying for, to begin with. So I don't really think that Vancouver can really claim innocence on this. And like, I don't know. It's for a guy that's been in the, league for 40 years or whatever it was is not the best way to treat him and i think he's honestly a better coach than a significant portion of the league's coaches right now so i don't know i think he gets a job at some point here or maybe he just replaces Ottawa. honestly then maybe who knows i wanted to go to washington so maybe he can make our offensive lines a little better um i mean boudreaux's been it's been tough with boudreaux because i mean he's a coach that has always been able to get his teams to produce offensively mm-hmm. and have good regular seasons, but he's never made it over the hump um, to get his team far in the playoffs. Around two, I think, if I'm not mistaken, is the furthest he's gone. So you should do Leafs and Boudreaux, and they'll counteract each other. And the then Leafs fan actually, he's a big Leafs fan. The, actually, the weird thing with that with him though is he's always been on teams that are based their like their core significantly based around their offense. Aside from yes. like Anaheim, that was just because, I don't know, their team so, was not I mean, really that great while he so was there. He's, so. great at, he's great at coaching a team. We, we don't know if he's good with like a defensive-minded team, realistically. Like we haven't seen that in his career where he's been on more of like a defensive-oriented like team. Like Washington high-octane offense, uh, even Vancouver, like they were built around offense. They weren't built around anything else. Yeah, I mean, what, but would you say Minnesota is all offense when he was on there? I would say Minnesota had not some... per se. Yeah. So I guess, I guess yeah. we have seen that. But yeah. the thing is, like Minnesota's team at that time wasn't that great either. Like it isn't what it is now. Yeah, but I mean, they were still pretty. Like he had good seasons with them. Um, and I, I would say he also had. Um, did he have a decent season or two? He was with Anaheim for a bit too, wasn't he? Yeah, he was in Anaheim. Anaheim was probably his longest after Washington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anaheim is where he went right after Washington, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's probably where he got the furthest, actually. I don't even know when that was. Yeah, I don't know. Has he made round three or four? Not four for sure. Has he made round three? Who was it that... 
Has he made it to conference finals or has he always stopped at the quarters? I think he might have always been stopped at the series. Yeah. Because I know with I know with Washington he never made it past round two. Yes. I don't know. Thanks for that. <laughs> um, yeah, we made it there eventually. It's fine. Yeah. But I don't know. Okay, regardless of that, I don't think that like for a guy that's been in the league for that year for that long, you treat a guy like that. So that's no, cool. you know, oh, did no, you I hear think, I think he's a nice guy. I think he's a good coach. I think he'd be a really good assistant coach. I th- yeah, I think I just I just don't know if he's proven that he's the guy you need to go you want to go with if you're if you're looking for the cup or if you're looking for a, a, a far run in, in the playoffs. I just but he hasn't proven it yet. I, I know I know I know he can. I know he, maybe he needs more of a chance to prove it with a team that's structured differently than he's dealt with. But maybe maybe he's not yeah. like meant to be like a head coach. Then that's the thing. Like or like at this point in his career, either maybe he was like purely based on like be a assistant coach where you're like less intense and you can have like a little more fun, which he seems to have regardless. And then he can be like more on like the power play side specialist wise. It's also hard to argue that too, though, just because he's, he's a pretty successful regular season coach. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. But the thing is like for, I'm saying for like a team that already has like a good foundation, like that has a good coach, like he can be like a, like a more of a weapon, like the offense defense uh, offense department Yeah, in that case. I mean, need this. Uh, I mean, add him to Keith's coaching staff. Mint. Yeah, I love it. But um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I see him back as a head coach, not too well, far away. Yeah. yeah, I do see him back as a head coach. Let's see what happens. He was pretty good on like TV panels too when he didn't have a job for a while. Yeah, like I don't think this is a Ron Wilson situation where Ron Wilson was also just bad. Where yeah, but I mean, like Ron Wilson had some good years in San Jose. He comes to Toronto and then he gets fired eventually, and then he just never works again as a head coach. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're gonna see that. I think we'll see him back behind the bench. I think Toronto ends a lot of coaching careers, Loki. Mac Babcock. Well, Babcock ended his own career. Okay. Well, is such a media driven city. Do you think he would have Paul Maurice is doing Paul Maurice is doing horrible in Florida right now? Yeah, but I mean he's still he's still he's still like no, but that's the thing. Like I think Paul Maurice has like faked his way of being a coach. Look how good Winnipeg's doing right now without Paul Maurice, and look how much Florida dropped. From last year, with basically the same team as Paul Maurice as their head coach. Yeah, I would say basically the same team. Okay, well, the thing is, that's the thing though, because Huberto has been like horrible this year, and Kachuk has been like better than like those two players combined at this point. So, like that team, that trade didn't really make them any worse. You don't have Duclair. You lost the defenseman still that would have played a lot of minutes. I don't know. You still don't have like the best goaltending. I don't think that should have dropped them that much in the standings where they were like the 120 point team to like maybe not even make the playoffs this year. That's my point. Like, I think they still had enough pieces to like be a team that's contending at least to be like a decent playoff team and saying that I did say that they would miss playoffs, but I don't know. I do think that, but it also just speaks like the fact that Winnipeg is doing as well as they are with someone else as their head coach. Who, Who called that? Oh yeah, Evans. Evans looking good. As long as Florida doesn't make the playoffs, I can claim innocence. It's fine. So he just messes up by putting Ottawa in the playoffs. Yeah, his was, 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 was Toronto to be first in the division, right? I chose Boston. To, forget that. I chose Boston to miss. Oh yeah, you're screwed, right? <laughs> <laughs> Toronto. Be, I don't really care about that one. I chose Boston to miss. 
<laughs> and they have freaking five losses all season. Boston, Boston, Boston to miss and Ottawa to make the playoffs is like the yeah, yeah. My my rankings when we look when we said end of season, we look over our rankings video and see what we did. It's gonna be terrible for me. Maybe we should check that at like the All Star game. Yeah, just see where we are because I don't even remember what I picked. Yeah, to be honest, but my mine's I don't even want to see where because mine's just terrible. Well, I think I had New Jersey missing. I think we all had New Jersey missing. I think we all had yeah. New Jersey at like. I think I had New Jersey at six. I think you guys had them at like seven or eight. You gotta remember when I had New Jersey at all. Oh yeah, because I, I had because I had Philly and uh, Columbus at seven eight. Because Philly is, uh, but then Philly is actually like not doing bad, but they're mm. still like very low. Because the Metro is way better than everyone thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Any other NHL topics we'd like to touch on before we go to our head to head? Uh, Charlie McAvoy's gross. I don't know if you guys saw that goal that he scored. Uh, yesterday, Ooh. that was very gross. Why did he yesterday's goal? No, nasty. It was like the fact that he could be considered a defensive defenseman and he has like hands like that is insane. I stay away from Boston highlights. I mean, it's kind usually of... against Toronto. Yeah, that's also true. Also, that yeah, Pasternak had a really very good game against Toronto that game, and it, I don't know, he was kind of just the best player on the ice. But yeah, oh, did you hear? About yeah, um, oh, yeah, Rick Tockett coming in. Apparently, it's also to uh, control JT Miller, the guy I said that I don't like because he seems like a, that's also like a like a not nice person. And look who's right. Not really. I mean, that's also just up to the. It's because people see some blow ups on the ice, like, and then just assume that there's stuff going on in the room. I don't know. The Rick Tocca thing, like you're also just going to fight fire with fire and that might just not end up going well at all. So for this head-to-head, we may have used one of these players before a while ago. I'm not 100% sure. But I thought because of maybe some recency bias and that both these players are young and up and coming, who would you rather have on your team? Would you rather have Kirby Doc or Alex Lafreniere. Easy. So, one was an ex-first overall pick playing for the New York Rangers. Uh, he's had a pretty decent season. Not awful. Um, but still also a first overall pick. Uh, Kirby Doc, you know, had only 40 points last year in 72 games, but then this year playing on the first line uh, after a successful surgery. Uh, he's been playing Pretty good. I mean, like I mean, he had like a good start, and then he went through like a quite the dry spell. Been picking up a bit recently. Um, so yeah, my question to you guys is, who would you rather have on your team? Honestly, like I, like, I don't really know what the point situation is for either of those two guys. It's just if we're just talking strictly based on what I have seen from them in their play, just strictly as like who's been more noticeable out there. It is Doc by like a country mile. Like Lafreniere has had like maybe like a two game stretch where he's been like, oh, this guy was a first overall pick and that's why. And then he looks like a seventh rounder the next game. So I don't know. It's pretty cut and dry for me because Doc also, he showed a lot of potential in his like first year in Chicago and then it kind of just dropped off. And I think it was more so based on a mix of like injuries and like team, uh, the team just being like kind of meh. And him not getting the ice time that he probably should have, or like playing with the guys that he probably should have. He was probably like, I think he was playing like uh, deeper in the lineup. And then, like in Montreal, 
he was he's been like playing in the, in the top six, and yeah, he's a bit of a dry spell, but I think that it was like twenty games. Yeah, but the thing and like the thing with that too is I, like it's hard to account for stats for for a player like that on a team that's not producing offense in in general. Like it's been pretty much just Suzuki and Caulfield the whole season producing offense and like. I think Doc, when he was going through a bit of a dry spell, like he had like five or six games where he was playing with Suzuki and Caulfield at the time. And then he got taken off that line to like try to infuse some offense somewhere else in the lineup because they were the only two that were scoring. Um, and it, it becomes tough when you're pretty much the only guy in a line that's that's able to do anything. I think Lafreniere has now had more than enough opportunity <laughs> to play in the top six. And he still hasn't shown anything like notable. Like for me, like even if doc isn't playing well, he uses the size to his advantage. He like uses the speed. He uh, is making plays defensively. He uh, tries to, you know, like at least like throw the body around and like, he can be productive in that manner. Lafreniere, if he's not engaged at all, are you saying that someone's winning because of intangibles? I I think right now it's argument before and you called me. I think both of these, both of these players aren't good enough right now to use stats. Like there's just like, I, I, you can compare their stats point wise. And it's just like, what's the point? Cause like for me, in that case, then I would say doc a hundred percent because Lafreniere's had opportunities in the top six with really freaking good players and he hasn't produced at all. So if we want to go strictly based on that as doc anyway, and then, um, just in, t- in terms of the intangibles that you're talking about, like Lafreniere, if he's not engaged offensively, he's he's literally doing nothing. He's just there and being like a ghost. If Doc is not producing, then he is at least doing something else. But yeah. Yeah, so um, this was easy for me. Well, yeah, you also hate Lafreniere. You could have said anyone. You probably you would put Reeves versus Lafreniere. I don't. I don't. I don't hate Lafreniere as a person or anything. I just think he's hey, the yeah. worst. I just think he's the worst first overall pick since I don't know since who. I, name Yakupov. me one worse in the last ten years, bro. Yeah, Neil Yakupov. No, he, that, but that's the thing. Yakupov wasn't worse at the at this. Yakupov, how how however irrelevant he is right now, in his first three seasons, he was a lot more relevant than Lafreniere has been in New York. Like there's. No, there's no way. Like Yakupov was still producing at not even a higher, at a much higher rate than Lafreniere's. But like he has six goals right now through 46 games, 21 points through 46 games. Literally, you he's 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 a borderline second line player. I, you know, he's the he's like he's he's been able to play with Zabanajad. He's been able to play with Panarin. Like he's played with talent, and the guy still can't produce. And I don't. I see a Ranger game. I don't see. I don't notice him even once until until you know out of his six goals he scored one the one time I watched him and that was I didn't notice him all game. He just got a pass in front of the net and he shot it in. It's like oh look it's Lafreniere. No, he didn't even do anything. He just shot the puck in the net. Okay, the other guy gave him the pass. Okay, like it's I like not- me and you in ball hockey. <laughs> <laughs> but, that, but that's the thing, right? Because okay, like, like he's not yeah. he's not he's the worst first overall pick I've seen. That I can remember. It's 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 not even like the fact that he isn't producing is one thing. Like, because he doesn't really have an excuse. Like, if Doc had uh, a similar situation where he was like playing top six minutes, not even on a good team, like just on Chicago or now in Montreal, 
the fact that he's even producing more than him right now is like I don't know. It kind of just says it all. Because if 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 Lafreniere is not engaged offensively, he's he's just a ghost. So yeah, I don't know. If we're talking even like for the rest of their careers, you can say Lafreniere is potential or whatever. But I think that uh, there he hasn't shown anything right now that tells me that it's more than Doc in terms of potential. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like you're gonna go Lafreniere. So I think it's very close. I and know. I think that I don't know why you think it's really close, bro. I, I think no. you're, you're probably just you're definitely just saying this to like be against us, bro. There's no way that you think. No, no, no. Okay, listen, hear me out. I think they're both like fine. Like I don't think either of them are super special. I think Kirby Doc has had yes a ton of opportunity this year, but I think also people are giving Alexis Lafreniere a harder time than maybe he deserves. So in New York, for example, they that first power play unit, he's not sniffing that at all, y- even if he wanted to. Kirby Doc gets those opportunities in Montreal. I think if you swap their spots, Alexis Lafreniere has much better season. I think also having Panarin in front of him, he's never sniffing the first line ever well, because they're be- listen, bro, listen. He plays because, on the top six in New York. He has listen, like, listen, listen. Thank you. Oh my god. So. He's never going to sn- sniff first line because they're both left-wingers. Um, Panarin and Lafreniere, where Doc, they're moving him up first line with the best players. Uh, and yeah, they move stuff around, but then they put him on the first power play, everything they can to kind of like get this guy going, especially since they just traded for him, where New York has a lot of these guys that they can just let them run loose. So I think if you were to swap spots, I think it'd be a similar kind of a result in the sense of Doc would be worse on the Rangers and Lafreniere would be better on the Canes. And Lafreniere, have you listen to that name? Listen to that name. Does he not sound Quebecois? He would have Ooh. a phenomenal time playing in Montreal. No, bro. You're not understanding. So, like, so, so. Lafreniere so, does play. He plays on the right side with Panarin and whoever is the center. Like He plays in the top six. So for me, how does that make sense? If I had to make a team, I'm just letting him finish because they're both so young. <laughs> I think he's, he's saying the opposite. Maybe I lean Lafreniere because I think you guys are giving him way too much. I think if Lafreniere gets like 65 points next year, I'm not going to be surprised. What do you mean? He's already, you know what? We said that after his first season. Oh, you know what? First season. Hold He's 21. Turning 20. Yeah, he's 21. He looks like the same age. 21. Doc's yeah. 22. Okay, but regardless, like, the thing is, the stuff that you're saying is just like, as he likes to say, factually incorrect. Because he does play in the top space. He gets opportunities. Maybe he does not play on the top power play. Montreal's power play itself is... And, and do you is know good. how good that New York power play is? You know how you know good freaking points he would get just Montreal's... standing there with Fox, Panarin, Zabanejad, and Kreider? Like, like a the... million. Yeah, yeah, but their their second power play is like compared comparable to Montreal's first power play. But they don't get the same amount of time on the ice. Yeah, but, but even like Montreal's first power play, he, he might not... He doesn't even stay on there all the time. Like he's not like a staple on that first power play because... But Montreal you still get changed, more Montreal, minutes than the Montreal, second. Montreal unit. changes their power play a lot. Regardless, we're, why are you talking just exactly what, like, literally just power play time? Like, you just brought at, up power at, play. At even strength. At, no, but that was their argument you're using. At even strength, they both play top six minutes. 
and he produces way less playing with significantly better players, which you like to use as an example. And even if he's like just chipping in points here and there, he doesn't even get that at five on five playing with significantly better players. And he's a black hole defensively, which doc isn't, he doesn't hit, he doesn't uh, do any of those other things that still matter when you're not producing, which both of them really aren't enough to like make that an argument. Flipping the switch on you. You could also say every time that you don't, agree with omar and i you also use the exact same arguments that i use for which ones you just said with doc like well he has the intangibles like he'll go out and hit them no, but that's when like, i was arguing brady kachuk before you were like the, i don't fucking care about uh, brady kachuk, intangibles but that's because at that time brady kachuk's intangibles were better than his actual game in this case doc has also like produced more plus like when he's not producing he's actually like doing other stuff lafreniere doesn't produce and he doesn't do anything else. So, like, where is the positive thing in that? So, if Ovechkin was oh on God, the Why, second power play unit, bring the, do you bring the dumbest like freaking like things into the? Do you not think he would produce less? Absolutely. I don't even know would. how to equate that question in my head because Ovechkin has played two minutes on the power play for his entire career. You exactly. Someone... So if he didn't, but if he played like thirty seconds of power play time every time, look at their he's even score way points. less like, goals. How many even strength points does Doc have versus uh, uh, five on uh, five? Like I don't know what that number is. We can figure that out, and then they could just end this whole argument. But regardless, even even if they both had like twenty points exactly, both played the exact same amount of minutes, Doc would still be the better player because he isn't a black hole in other parts of his game. But I think also Lafreniere has, like you said, a better potential. So if you're banking on taking this guy for your well, team, I think me, he's the riskier one. Even say they're yes. different. He was a first overall pick, but like realistically, Doc didn't even do that much work worse in junior that his draft was also just better, I'm pretty sure. Like potential-wise, I like I, I can't even like say that one of them is better than the other. Like I think that both of their absolute maxes is being like a second line player. That's like good. I don't even think that Lafreniere is going to get to that. I don't even know if Lafreniere is going to be in the NHL in a few years. That's that's how little I think of him. Okay, this is obviously so biased. If you don't think no, Lafreniere is going to be in the think, NHL, think, think about pure offensive players. Well, just think about pure offensive players that don't produce, and where do they end up in their careers? Especially when they've had like issues with uh, staying engaged and like uh, doing the little things or whatever. Like when they don't have the production on their side as their argument, then they just fizzle out and like their careers become either they become fourth liners or like AHL players or like depth players, or they end up in the KHL. Do you think in a couple of years, this is your hot take that Lafreniere will not be in the NHL? I think in a few years, if he's playing the way he is right now, I don't see a spot from the NHL. He's like 21. He's not going to be playing the same way. My thing is like, he hasn't gotten better. He's just yeah. gotten worse. He's just stagnant. Doc, Doc had a good start. He got injured. He went down a bit. And now he's, he's trending back upwards. Lafreniere has been like this, and then it just went down. So you don't think he can also trend back upwards like Doc magically had? Maybe, but like he hasn't really shown anything to like say. Like he hasn't shown anything that's like consistent level of play for a senior. Uh, okay. Let's time. say the Rangers trade for Patrick Kane at the deadline, and Lafreniere is part of the package. With Lafreniere on the Chicago Blackhawks, first line, he can do what he wants. He plays anyway. You don't think he's not gonna I think get he's still gonna hella be, more points. He'll produce like 30 points instead of 20. Like what? Like I don't like 
you're saying that like because he's going to go from Montreal from New York's top six to Chicago's top six, he's magically going to score more points. Yeah, probably. See, like, okay. okay. Yeah, then I can. Bro, this, this is like, you said they don't score five on five regardless. Before the Rangers, they don't score five on five. That's true. And their power play scores, reason, not their second that, unit. The reason for that unit is, scores all the, the time. And so last year doesn't get the opportunity because they always score the power play before he even probably gets on halftime. The reason that the reason the Rangers aren't good at five on five is because they have players like Top Bell after near in their top six. That like that's just proved my point actually. So thank you. <laughs> but it's, I don't know. Like, yeah, one guy's really ruining the whole five on five offense. Like Kaku and stuff. Like they're they're they shouldn't be players that are anywhere near the top six right now. But they are. So who are you going to put up there? Well, no, they they shouldn't be there, but they are because like the Rangers, that's kind of the situation they have. See if you're if you're if you're if you're if you're trying to say if you put Lafreniere on a team like Montreal or Chicago or something, and he'll produce better, I'm just struggling to see that argument because he's getting the he's, playing time in swap spots, swap their spots, guarantee. No, no, but play time but yeah, but see, he's getting the time in in New York. He's getting to, and not only is he getting the time, but he's getting to play with people like Panarin and Zibanejad. Um, so he's getting to play with, you know. Why? Why? I don't. I don't like. I'm. 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 I just don't understand your argument. Uh, I'm. I'm baffled why you guys are so sold on Doc. He's had like no, half a season where I haven't even mentioned. And you, you I haven't even. I didn't even mention Doc yet. For me, either like I like I don't really have strong opinions on yeah. either of these players. It's just that really like, you just friend. like lost your mind. Doc. Doc. Like I didn't even mention Doc when I talked. To, I just I just bashed on Lafreniere for a little bit, but um, I just the reason I put Lafreniere lower is yeah because of uh, because he was a first overall pick and because he's really bombed as a first overall pick in my opinion. So you're going off of that, not him as just a player. No, no, but but even just a player, Doc has been better than him this season so far, and they've been pretty similar. Um, have they even been similar? Like, in terms of their point production, in, in terms of their point production, I think they've been pretty similar in all three seasons since they've, uh, um, uh, in the last three seasons, I think they've been pretty similar. Um, and I think Doc Doc has been a bit better in that sense as well. And at the same time, yeah, Doc is better at the parts when he's not producing. I do agree with Sufi that Doc's better in those instances, and Lafreniere is just my yeah. completely, completely, like completely not even noticeable. But the other thing is with Okay, you take a you take a look at a player like Stamkos. His first season, his rookie season, was pretty underwhelming, and people were like, "Oh, that's an underwhelming." Like we thought, we thought more of him, and then he comes back the next season and he scores like fifty goals. And then after that, it's been like, "Yeah, okay, he had a his first season was underwhelming, and after that, he's a superstar." So same with McKinnon. Uh, yeah, and McKinnon as well. But like with then had three with seasons, by the way, where he wasn't that good. Yes, and then with Le- well, McKinnon's first season was good after that. Was and then with with Lafreniere, it was like okay, first season he comes in. It was the I think his first season was the uh, shortened season because of COVID. So dealing with that plus it's a rookie season, let's give him a pass on that season. Last season not much better. This season going pretty poorly again. Like he's not improving at all. Nathan imagine. McKinnon had three seasons. Nathan McKinnon was where he was not getting better, and then he blew up. Nathan McKinnon had like a rookie of the year season. He was on two of the worst. He only had sixty something points. He had sixty three points, and yeah, which is like triple Lafreniere's. Yeah, but so, but 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 <laughs> Evan, sure. but Evan, your your argument here is that oh, okay, like it happened, like this player for a couple of seasons wasn't that great, and then he blew up, and now he's amazing. So Lafreniere is going to do the same thing. I mean, 
your argument could potentially that that could potentially happen out of yeah, nowhere, but, but the it could be. But we have but, but that we have nothing to go with, by. With McKinnon Doc also time. went on such a dry spell that this guy's so inconsistent. He had like sure he had a great like ten game span like near the beginning of the season where he was like racking up the points. Awesome, cool. But then literally had no points forever. Like you guys are because saying, this 29. guy is like like bro. Your point better. makes sense because Lafreniere is consistent, but he's just consistently bad. He hasn't at any point where he's been good. Yeah, but I'm saying, Doc, you're you're, you're just proving our point better. by saying that Doc isn't consistent. Yes, but he isn't consistently bad. Like we're not like no no one is arguing here that Doc is a great player or that yeah, no, or that Doc is like fantastic or Doc is like oh he's a hundred percent like oh like I would take Doc I, I love Doc. No one's are like both these players at this point are mediocre. However. Lafreniere is just when do you notice him on the ice? When do you notice him? Give me a shift, you notice him, and I'll change my mind. But you don't notice this guy, he doesn't do anything. I'll send you his highlight reel after well, the game. Yeah, after yeah, the game, nice after yeah. this, huh? I'll, I'll send you his mixtape after this. <laughs> I do like a 30 second, but yeah, he player. had he had one nice goal, I think it was this season, right? No, last season, last season. okay, it was last season. He had, he had one nice goal. Uh, but then again, Bobby Ryan used to scroll one nice color. Lafreniere seems like he reminds me of like a more disengaged, which is surprising, version of Anthony Mantha. A more disengaged version of Anthony Mantha, which is very hard to do. And now Mantha's like a healthy scratch because, yeah. And the thing with McKinnon too, at that time, like he was on the worst teams ever. Like they were like historically bad teams. And he was putting up like what forty five points or something like that, but the difference between Mc- McKinnon and Lafreniere at that time is that McKinnon did other stuff like and he and he showed off potential that he was able to like he was like like playing consistently and like producing or maybe the pr- production wasn't there but he was like creating chances he was uh, doing the other things he was whatever and you could see that McKinnon was a good player. I can't say anything like that about Lafreniere. You could say like he has like one or two highlight reel goals here and there, but but that's all the goals he has anyway. He has six. Goals. He has six goals this season. Oh, already of them even highlight reel. If there's, you know, there's like I mean I haven't really yeah yeah. But that's my point because like realistically, Doc, I think even uh, yes, maybe he has more opportunity in Montreal or whatever in terms of uh being one of the better players. But I think that's like. Like, I think if you put Lafreniere there, I don't think he would produce more. I think that it would just be that he'd be playing, like, one minute more uh, and he would have to fend for himself and, like, try to create more players plays by himself, which I don't think would result in more offense for him because I don't think he's that good of a player. So yes, if you're saying that Lafreniere will go to, go to Montreal and, like, become a magical point producer because he – isn't getting the opportunity to produce for himself in New York, then we just have a disagreement there because I just don't think he has the skill to do that. Yes, we disagree then. Because he hasn't shown okay, like for okay, let's take let's take a look at like um he hasn't shown that he can carry play on a line by like he can he can be the he can be the goal. Kirby Doc has never carried play. He has he's he has never no no but he has had uh mm. he has I mean, if you want me to bring advanced essences, I can. I'm sure he finishes pretty decently. But... No, 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 but it's not even the finishing that's good. It's the 
he he drives offense like way more comparatively than Lafreniere. You're saying on the line of Suzuki, Caulfield, and Doc, where I watched them live. Yeah, he had a couple also, points. He, he was not line. the one doing anything. He wasn't. He's he, not. He's he was like in the right spots, which is great. This whole opinion is based on one game that you went to. No, yes, but if but if you're you saying example, but like, if you're saying that about Doc, then okay, replace Doc with Lafreniere on that line. You think Lafreniere is going to do a lot better than? I think that oh, is it's potential. Literally, the, but why? Why do you? What, make, what makes you say that? The, even if Doc was producing play at like a or like a. Uh, Pushing offense at like a fifty percent rate, it's still double the amount of offense that Lafreniere pushes in terms of possession numbers and stuff like that. So they can both be bad possession players and like be bad at driving offense. It's just Lafreniere is worse at driving offense than Doc. They can both be bad. It's just they're both <laughs> not good, and Lafreniere is just worse at driving offense too. I would take the risk because that's all I'm saying. Okay, I wouldn't take the risk on either player actually, but yeah, it's fine. But, <laughs> no, these guys aren't worth it. But I'm just saying that you, I'm just trying to understand where your argument comes from when you say that you put Lafreniere. Omar, you're a Leafs fan. You don't understand most things about hockey. Okay, <laughs> okay. but I'm just, I just, I'm not understanding when you say if you put Lafreniere on that same line with Suzuki and Caulfield. Um, because you went to the game, bro. Um, why would you ever? Why you ever he... heard of the name Alex Lafreniere? It's French as heck. He's gonna score. It's just how, it's just how it works. Oh, Guy Lafleur, you heard of him? That's French. <laughs> oh my god, it's too late for right. it. Well, I want to thank everyone for tuning in and listening to our podcast. Very <laughs> thankful that you guys are listening. Um, we do have an announcement. We won't say who, but uh, we do have starting next episode our very first sponsorship coming to our podcast which is a really big deal for us um so next episode we will have uh, potentially a new segment and sponsor so you can check that out on social media as well as uh, on the podcast we will be doing some collaborations with them uh so again thank you for listening and yeah anything else you guys like to say no just yeah thanks for listening tune in um yeah, for our sponsor, we'll have a little segment for you with it, and uh, hopefully you enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Have a good night, guys. And uh, Spotify, know. Apple Music, <laughs> or Apple Podcasts, and all those other ones that Omar said last time. Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, um, we're, we're everywhere. Sirius. Sirius XM, iHeartRadio, Stitcher. Huh? Yeah, find Stitcher. us. You'll find us everywhere. We'll be Just uh, a podcast soon. Yeah, so tune in wherever on YouTube as well. Of course, as if yeah. you're watching and you're watching us on YouTube, if you're watching the video, and so yeah. any of those con- con- uh, companies, if you want to give us money to be exclusive, by all means, <laughs> we will not say no. Uh, we might. Okay. <laughs> and uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. But again, yeah. Thank and you. We'll for see you next time.